boys and girls. I've decided you deserve a present early. So here it is, the Confessions of a Working Writer holiday special, starring my favorite working writer, Matt. everybody. It's me, your favorite working writer, also apparently Santa's. I am very much a child of the 80s, that decade where I had my early formative years uh, created a lot about my aesthetic and a lot about the things that I, I, I focus on and, and kind of guide my view of the world. That's a big box to unpack for this holiday, so let's just unpack a small part of it which is the holiday special. If you grew up during the 80s or even into the 90s, holiday specials are a thing. They were a big deal back then. Holiday specials on cartoons, on sitcoms, holiday glasses in your fast food restaurants. Uh, holidays were, were a huge deal. There was always a special promotional item because we were in the midst of just capitalism. So... I wanted to write a holiday story this year. I started the tradition last year. I was battling some depression, and I wrote a holiday story about a young man dealing with some feelings and discovering a sentient fruitcake that lives in his house. It's me, y'all. If that surprised you, I don't know who you are. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to do it again this year, and I wanted to kind of talk about it. I was inspired by this talk and this kind of doubt and wonder about what this holiday season even means. So for the holiday special this year, I have a story for you. It's a fun little tale involving a big box retail store, a janitor, and the visitation of three kind of familiar spirits. I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for all of the great times this year. And here it is, my gift to you, my reading of my original story, a retail carol. The store was closed, to begin with. No doubt about that. Lights were off, except in every other aisle for about 15 minutes. The manager, assistant manager, lead cashier, lead stocker, and even the girl from the snack bar had all gone home. Only I... Dale Eberney, the nighttime custodial engineer, remained. Okay, that's really formal. And, and honestly, it's not a great way to explain what happened. A lot of extra stuff you probably could have figured out on your own. But, but I mean, hey, Dickens got paid by the word, and given what happened to me, this seemed like the right way to start the story. I tell you what, let's try that again. Maybe a little more direct, a little more focused, and definitely in the present tense. Modern writing happens in the present tense, like in film. Novelists and poets tell stuff in the past. Sorry, sorry, another digression. Let's get on to the story. My name is Dale. It's short for Dale. Some people call me unremarkable. They're not wrong. I am. An unremarkable guy who lives in an unremarkable place and performs unremarkable jobs. 
Today, I've been a cook, delivery driver, warehouse worker, window washer, sidewalk shoveler, haunted house greeter, free sample guy, and my most recent job, of course. What is that job? Glad you asked. It's pretty essential to where we're going, actually. I'm the night cleanup guy at one of those big box retailers everyone's always crying about. Usually, they do it while driving to or from the store. The store, not my store because I don't own any, own any of it, is located in one of those suburban sprawl cities. Think strip malls, chain restaurants, mass-produced neighborhoods, and the general stuff that fuels the pining for a better time. We've got everything short of replacement organs, crude oil, and nuclear weapons. Need to get the groceries, a new set of tires, school clothes, and a flat screen all in one trip? We're where you go. Day after day, herds of people roam in and out of the place. Some of them are in a hurry. They tactically shop for their exact list and leave as quickly as they arrive. Others meander among the aisles, absently tossing items into their carts from every available end cap. The worst are the ones who walk around and buy nothing, not because of a lack of money, but because there's nowhere else to go. But that's why we're here, open 24 hours a day, 364 days for all your shopping needs. What is the one day we're closed? Come on, you know the answer to this one. Only one day in existence could shut those doors. One singular spot on the calendar that defies the powerful call of corporate profits. Christmas. Yep, that same Christmas you see advertised for months beginning right around September 1st. The day when we're told to wake up, run down the stairs, and tear the paper off every box under the tree, we will pull up, put out on the curve the very next week. A day when some kids have their wishes fulfilled. Others have their dreams dashed, and the whole of humanity can compare their lots in life based on what they found in a decorated sock over the fireplace. The morning when the faceless owners of this superstore shrine to capitalism will count their profits and see if Santa brought them a good stock price. I'm not the biggest fan of the day. Not because of some long-lost childhood trauma. My family was as unremarkable as everything else in my life. Dad wasn't so much a drinker as he was an all-day nap artist. Mom figured that a home-cooked meal was something you removed the protective cover from and popped in the microwave. Actually, I think you can find the Eberny clan in aisle 7 next to paper towels. Christmas just always seemed like another day to me. Nothing particularly magical happened. Every year I woke up, unwrapped some presents, and then went back about the business of childhood. I mean, I usually got something I wanted, but never quite the gift of my dreams. Uh, I'm, I'm not bitter about it. That's life. How do you think I ended up sweeping floors on Christmas Eve? You don't end up on this career path unless something else hasn't panned out. In my case, it's my first 10 screenplays. Yeah, I'm a writer, hence the witty tone I have while narrating. Anyway, life is generally disappointing for most of us. Christmas is just another day for me and another chance to earn some overtime. Magical things don't happen, and I'm pretty unremarkable. So now that we're caught up, let's move on to the events of the night. The doors are closed. For 15 minutes, lights come on in every other aisle. They cycle on to save money. I race them while I buffer the buffer to keep things interesting. The whole place is eerily quiet, though the blaring pop hits of Christmas on the overhead will echo in my mind for another month. Everyone has gone home to begin tomorrow's celebrations early. Well, everyone except for me and about a dozen homeless people who huddle together by the outdoor cartwell and try to rest. I call them the Joes. No one really knows their name. It's a herd of people nobody particularly spends much time with. They're just there. Kind of like me, except I'm just about to get to work on a long list of tasks at double pay overtime. I'm minding my own business, just sweeping the debris into the cross aisles. It's easier to collect that way. 
Normally, it's a pretty quiet way to start the night. Simple, mindless labor, absent contact with anything vaguely human. Honestly, I love it. Then I swear I hear the sound of some old Christmas movie. I think it's the one where Santa works at the department store. Could be that other one where the guy wants to jump off a bridge. I mean, who knows for sure? It's on the other side of the store. Maybe a flat screen playing a Christmas movie to you sounds like no big deal, but welcome to the world of big retail. Someone is going to review power usage tomorrow, and if that extra power shows up, I receive a mundane talking to about the importance of attention to detail as well as a super fun pay deduction. So for me, this is a moment where you put down the broom and hike across the store to take care of it. Making my way through housewares, I swear another Christmas movie starts up, playing at the same time as the first, then another joins it and another after that. Clearly, the geniuses in electronics have faithfully followed their closing checklist and not rushed it at all. Great. Picking up my pace, I rush to the back before the laptops boot up and the whole place explodes. Rounding the corner from school supplies, I dart down the cross aisle of electronics. Every single flat screen's on. All of them. Black and white Christmas movies playing. Bing Crosby, Jimmy Stewart, Natalie Wood, Barbara Stanwyck, and Maureen O'Hara all in a cacophony of holiday cheer just shy of deafening. Some singing, others dancing, all of them learn a lesson about the magic of the season. If super-intelligent aliens tried to learn the meaning of Christmas, it might very well resemble this scene. But this is relatively normal compared to what came next. There, in the middle of all that classic holiday cinema I had to offer, stood a single person. Not clearly male or female, their face is incredibly beautiful and youthful, smooth lines curving like those of a child, but their eyes... The eyes look like you expect your grandmother's to. Eyes that you have seen beyond time. I mean, time beyond time even, just passing. They're just there, in a simple white gown like something out of an old movie, taking in all of the movies on all of the screens. Plus, they're glowing. From inside, a bright, warm light shines out into the electronic section, Kind of like someone started a fire to set the mood. It starts in their head and spreads across their body, filling the space around them. Um, excuse me. They don't even turn their head in acknowledgement. You, uh, you can't be in here. We're closed. I, I, I can... They don't make movies like these anymore. Their voice is musical and a bit sad. No, they, uh, they don't. Um, anyway, why don't they make movies like this, Dale? Well, probably because big Hollywood studios... Wait, wait, how do you know my name? I know a great many things, Dale Eberney. And then, I kid you not, the glowing person in electronics floats up about a foot and turns to look me in the eye. I am the ghost of Christmas past. This is the part where you expect me to lose my mind. Go running around the store like a mad, like a madman and pull out my hair. Nope. I've been working nights for years, so I'm no stranger to a mild hallucination. That's all this is. I know it. A simple hallucination inspired by too much caffeine and not enough sleep. No way a real ghost is standing in the electronics section watching old movies. Especially not the ghost of Christmas past from Dickens' story. Nope. Not buying it. Still, in my experience, working through a hallucination is kind of faster than fighting it, really. Uh, okay, uh, Ghost of Christmas Past. We're closed. Making eye contact with a ghost, even a hallucinatory one, is a bit unnerving. That means you can't be here. 
I, I'm more than happy to walk you. These are the shadows of the things that have been. Yep, yep, they are some old movies. Now, about walking you out, where has the spirit gone, Dale Everney? Where has your spirit gone? A small glowing hand reaches for me. Take my hand. In the interest of getting this ghost to move towards the door, I take the hand. Suddenly, my feet leave the ground. The ghost turns their eyes to the ceiling. With a touch of my hand, you can fly. No, no, mm -mm, nope. My feet return to the floor once more. I excuse me? No, no, we're not flying off to some random place. To your past, Dale Everney. No, no, we're not flying. We're flying off to the front door so you can leave and I can get back to cleaning this place. Pulling my hand away, I move to turn off the flat screens. No sooner have I turned one off than it comes right back on. The same movie playing from the same place without missing a beat. My unwelcome spectral guest stares at me like it's recording my every movement. As I make my way to unplug everything in electronics at the source, the night gets weirder. Christmas carols at the volume of close proximity thunder ring out across the store. Every light comes on. A toy train barrels down the cross aisle, going from toys to groceries. Little wisps of smoke barreling, billowing from its engine, and a conductor hanging out the window booming, Merry Christmas! I don't even know we had a toy that could do that. Things used to be simpler. The ghost of Christmas past gazes at their movies. A look of nostalgic sadness creeps across their face. Reaching out for one screen, a small hand gently brushes Jimmy Stewart's cheek as he contemplates what the world would be like without him in it. Uh, stay here. I'll be right back, and, and then we'll leave. I have to get those lights off. have to shut off the music before some lonely patrol car wanders by and calls the manager. That's just what I need on my nice, quiet, any other ordinary night Christmas shift. My shoes squeak on the floor as I run to the front. The easiest PA controls are at customer service. No keys are required. No passcodes to enter. Nat King Cole croons about roasting chestnuts amid the cacophony of sounds from the Golden Age Film Festival. Over her overhead lights grow brighter and brighter by the second. Boom! Just passing the bakery section, a series of fluorescent bulbs explode above me. My feet fly from under me, depositing me firmly on my butt. The gaggle of homeless people, the Joes, bang on the front door, laughing at my fall. Yes, this is now officially the worst work night and the worst Christmas Eve of my life. Mark it in the books. A large hand, something comparable to a bear's paw, reaches down and grabs my collar. With almost no effort, I'm ripped up from the floor and deposited firmly on my feet. Another paw joins the first in dusting me off in a series of brushing motions more akin to assault than gentle care. Then they roughly set my coveralls right. Looking up, I see a giant of a man. He's muscular in the way of an 80s action figure with a giant red beard and flowing red hair. On his head rests a Christmas wreath complete with lit candles. His green robe, velvet, I think, with fur, drapes over two massive shoulders. Beneath the robe, a pair of candy cane-striped board shorts and a bright red t-shirt with a picture of the same face, a toothy smile flashing in a Santa hat, reads, This is my Christmas shirt. Come in and know me better, man. Uh, sir, we're closed. I'm going to have to ask you. I am the ghost of Christmas present, and this is the night before the... No. No. My finger jabs him in the chest, and the ghost of Christmas present looks at it quizzically. Nope. We are not doing this. I get it. You're a Christmas ghost. You've got a lesson. We are closed, and I don't care. The ghost of Christmas present glowers at me. A mouse roaring at a giant that just bothered to notice the annoying squeak. His chest puffs out slowly. 
It's a rare and honestly incredible, though understated, show of power. For a moment, I wonder if the spirit of generosity plans to gift me a beating. Then all my fear disappears in the instant. In an instant. What is this? Behind the burly ghost stands a mountain of frozen turkeys, pumpkin pies, frosted sugar cookies, eggnog cartons, box stuffing, prepackaged mac and cheese, loaded mashed potatoes, fruit cakes, sweet potatoes with marshmallow goop, chocolates, apple cider, hams, sausages, coffee cakes, cinnamon rolls, canned green beans, cranberries, and all other assorted holiday staples. The toy train from earlier burns laps around the plethora of culinary options. Assorted robots and action figures dance around the pile in a raucous celebration of the holidays. These are all the good things of Christmas. Behold the food of generosity, one giant arm waves. A thing you are sadly lacking, Dale Eberney. Yeah, well, I'm also lacking more money due to barely making a living wage. Talk to me about it if pay raise season ever comes. I grab the gigantic ghost by the cuff of a sleeve that could hold my entire body. And until then, you need to leave the store. My efforts at pulling prove futile. Soon, after trying, I fall once more on my backside. The Joes at the door howl and laugh some more, as does the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> this is a jolly game. His laugh is a booming thing, a sound that fills every aisle of the store. He pulls me back up, slapping my back and knocking me right back down. Doesn't joy feel better than realistic nihilism? Well, well, well yes. Doesn't joy feel better than this nihilism? Stop. Just as I am about to answer, the sad musical voice of the ghost of Christmas past shouts. No, this is all wrong. We must begin in the past. But this isn't the past. This is the here and now. How can we appreciate where we are if we do not take the time to understand from whence we came? Honestly, they both have points. But I don't say that because at this point I'm fairly certain serious mental illness has finally found me. Dad used to tell stories about some random uncle who lost it and went wandering off to Alaska in his boxers to find a human polar bear friendship colony. It was his most interesting tale and also most likely a lie. My time upon this earth is brief. I have known all your brothers and sisters. This fact isn't lost on me. Then perhaps you'll let me do my job. Both of you shut up. I yell so loud I can feel my vocal cords tear just a bit. Just shut up. We are closed. You two need to get out. Not later, not after we review the past, not after a jolly feast. Take each other's hands and get out now. The ghosts look at me as though a tree has sprung from the top of my head. An odd look usually reserved for only the greatest acts of confusing idiocy. Clearly, I've lost my mind. How else am I talking to two literary figures in a big box retail store? Are you okay, young man? My giant hallucination reaches out and takes my arm. Yes, take my hand and sit for a moment. There, there's no rush. We can do all we need in one night. The ghost of Christmas past guides me over to the throne of frozen poultry. It's cold and yet somehow calming. I'm just about to surrender fully to my hallucination when the fog rolls in. Not some cheap haunted house trick. Real, honest, car wreck inducing fog billowing forth from the men's room the christmas music stops and the lights fade to little more than a dim glow in the night everything gets colder even the frozen turkeys a familiar creak comes from where the men's room door is i can't see it but the sound is unmistakable 
Slowly, a robed figure emerges from the fog. My heart stops. Th this is it. If I'm hallucinating, I'm pretty sure there's no way out of it now. And if I'm not hallucinating, well, black robed figures aren't generally a good thing. Maybe this is how I die. Uh, okay, knock it off, you two. A familiar voice echoes from under the hood. Seriously, leave the guy alone. Come in and know me better. Nope. The robed figure cuts off the giant ghost. We're not going down that road. This isn't a thing. None of us are supposed to be here. And yet here I am. Right, but we're not supposed to be here right now. I don't remember you. Who are you? The ghost of Christmas past floats around trying to catch a peek under the hood. Doesn't matter. With a touch of the skeletal hand, the ghost of Christmas past returns to the ground. They stare at this new specter for a moment. It's as though they're having trouble seeing him, like he's just out of focus. None of this, not a bit, is supposed to be happening anyway. None of us should be talking to him. We're not supposed to visit him tonight. Does that make sense? I think so, the melodic voice of the glowing ghost says. What should we do then? Take a moment, run around, try on some clothes, or eat a pie. I, I don't really care. They, they don't make pies like they used to. No, they do not. Hey, why don't you go pine, pine for a bygone era for a while? You, you could remember how good old Christmas movies were, or how they used to make toys out of metal and wood instead of cheap plastic. That sounds fun, right? For a moment, the ghost of Christmas past looks quizzically at the new arrival. They're not entirely sure what to make of the question. But soon, a look of pleasant acknowledgement graces their ageless face. With a quick sigh, they fly up and over the aisles returning, I'm sure, to their movie marathon and electronics. And me? The ghost of Christmas present crosses his massive arms indignantly in protest. What should I do? Enjoy the here and now. Uh, be fully present in it? Uh, oh, hey, check out that train. Skeletal hand points to the train, now chasing a toy dog around a display of corn chips and ginger ale. Right! And just like that, the giant runs off gleefully clapping and giggling at a new opportunity. Uh, sorry about them. Throat figure makes its way towards me, coughing and fanning its arms. How much fog do we really need? I mean, come on. Skeletal hands make surprisingly short work of the fog. The newest arrival smooths his robes and walks towards me. At that moment, I want to do nothing more than run. Turn and run for my life to the nearest exit. Forget the job, forget the paycheck, I have to get out of there. My heart beats faster and faster as the phantom makes the final step in front of me and reaches up to pull back its hood. So, uh, I'm the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Beneath the hood, my own face stares back at me. And you're Dale! Nice to meet you. He extends one of the skeletal claws to me. A smile crosses this replica of my face. Not a cruel smile, but the welcoming of some person who just wants to make a new friend. Looking into my face on a figure of death is off-putting at best. So I do what most people would do. Stare at the outstretched hand in confusion. <laughs> Sorry, bit, bit dramatic, just a sec. The ghost plunges his hand back into the robe. Before I can blink, two hands, again, just like my own, emerge and once more offer themselves to me. Better? Sometimes you act without knowing what you're doing, hence me shaking the offered hand. For a moment, I stare at this new apparition, hallucination, whatever. A blank stare of fear cast from a fr ace frozen by it. You may think I'm being a bit melodramatic, but you try looking in the face of death and tell me how you'd react, okay? Are, are, are you here to, to show me my, uh, my, my death? I, do you want to see it? No, 
I gulp and whisper the word out of my constricting throat. Oh, good. Don't blame me. Honestly, it's a real downer. The ghost of Christmas yet to come puts an arm around my shoulder and we begin walking. I'm not sure why, but I decide to walk with him. Seems oddly like the right thing to do. Yeah, I, uh, I guess they would be. I feel drunk, but without the fun parts. And uh, just between us, most of them are pretty underwhelming. Horror movies make death look like this gory spectacle, but most of them are pretty mild in reality. Usually it happens pretty quickly. Most of the time it's far more anticlimactic and sad than you'd expect. How often do you find yourself talking to death? Or, or a representative of it, anyway? Seriously, it can't be common. And what are the odds that he's such a nice guy? Here I am, walking next to this dark-robed Grim Reaper with my face, and, and I start smiling. What is that? Uh, Dale. Mind if I call you Dale? He looks at me. I nod. I, mean, I hate to be rude. Want to get a corn dog? I Things will kill you, but honestly, everything will pretty much kill you, so you might as well enjoy it. We walk to a suddenly lit snack bar. Without a single bit of effort on my part, everything is on and operating. Like a small brigade of invisible holiday goblins are running the place. The smell of frying corn dog batter fills the air. At the table, two red and green baskets await, piled high with the most perfect corn dogs you've ever seen, each with a decorative swirl of mustard like something out of a commercial. Uh, perfect. Have a seat, Dale. Like, seriously, help yourself. I must confess, I've never really enjoyed corn dogs. What's the big deal about a battered hot dog and a stick? I mean, I get the appeal to kids, but how are adults at all desirous of these things? At least that was my opinion until I bite into the magical mystery holiday corn dogs. These are amazing. I force bite after bite into my mouth. Starving people have eaten with more restraint than I showed. Good, right? I mumble an awkward agreement and nod as I chew. Simple things, Dale. That's what it's all about. I know, a bit cliche, but it's true. A corn dog, a kiss, a cold drink of water, the smell of cakes in the oven or pine trees. That's the stuff people really wish for at the end. Have you, uh, um, taken a lot of people to the other side? I, I'm the ghost of Christmas yet to come, man. <laughs> the spirit shoots me a bit of an indignant look. Maybe I look a bit like death. I'm definitely wearing their uniform, but that's not my job. People make that mistake all the time, and, well, then they wish for stuff. The ghost of Christmas yet to come takes up another corn dog, twists it around in his fingers, studying the mustard swirling around the batter. It's like something from a fast food commercial. In three bites, the corn dog disappears, and the specter cleans his mouth with a napkin. Ah, uh, corn dogs are the best thing about Earth. He leans back in his seat. Can I ask you something, Dale? How are you? A final bite of corn dog swells in my mouth. Batter concrete fills every bit of available air. My ghostly doppelganger smiles patiently. Death, so sorry, sorry, my new ghost friend, apparently feels no need to rush. Uh, why don't you tell me? Me? <laughs> no, I'm not you. I just look like you right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought you never show your face. Uh, that's what it says in the book. And in the movies. Well, well, normally I don't, but I'm not really a, a thing. Like, not a solid thing. I'm just an anthropomorphic representation of the fear of mortality around the holidays. A figment sprung from the imagination of a writer and given life in the thoughts and memories of the living. I, I just take the form that suits me for the moment, you know? Uh-huh. I slowly sneak another corn dog into my mouth. Normally, like in the story, that means scaring the hell out of someone. But I mean, we're just hanging out, so I figured I'd just look like you. Sort of an inner monologue comes to life thing. Believe it or not, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, uh, anyway, uh, how are you? 
Fine. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing special, but I've got a job. My bills get paid. One day goes on pretty much like the last one. I can't complain. Okay, can't argue that. He bites another corn dog. But I mean, why are you here? Because I'm getting paid. Sure, sure, I, I get that. But why tonight? Because I get paid more. I pop the last bite into my mouth. An empty basket rests before me. It's pretty simple math. The ghost of Christmas to come doesn't look amused. But he also doesn't look angry. More than anything, he looks a bit pitying. As though my decisions are something to be looked at and pitied for. I wait for a moment for some sound or statement, but nothing comes. It's just silence, broken by the occasional sound of chewing and very quietly playing Christmas songs. Well, seems like you got it all figured out. I mean, if you want life to be nothing more than a simple logical series of mundane events, you're doing uh, just fine, really. Right. So is this the time? I ask. You know, when you all run through my past, present, and future, all to show me how the holidays are magical and I should have been better and more generous to my fellow humans, because nice as this meal has been, and it really has, I do need to get back to clean up. Hmm. Ghost wipes his mouth and pushes the basket of corn dogs away. Well, that's interesting. Uh, why don't you tell me? Tell you what? Why are we here? I thought I covered that. You're here to teach me a lesson, show me how I've become miserable and cruel to my fellow humans, and then present me with the opportunity to change. Are we? Why else would you be here? Dale, you know more about that than we do. He stands up. Look, walk with me. We walk around the store in silence. There are many things I could say. I'm not sure how much you tell a ghost, a hallucination, whatever. We make our way to the back of the store. The glowing ghost of Christmas past is nestled in a beanbag chair with an oversized bowl of popcorn. Hundreds of glowing screens play holiday flicks new and old. They are actively watching each and every one of them. We're not real, Dale. Puts an arm around my shoulder. We're in your head. Take our friend here. They're obsessed with the past. A regular nostalgia monster snuggled up nice and tight in that beanbag chair from when, 1993? Yeah, well, uh, everyone has trauma, right? Everyone's parents screw them up, whether or not they're even trying. And that's why they can't show you anything from your past. You know it all. Recapping wouldn't do any good. Might as well sit here and enjoy the movies. To be fair to you, it's not the worst fate you could have given a figment of your imagination. For a moment, I watched the old young specter and think, is this really just something in my head? Maybe mental health has finally taken the big plunge. Or maybe I'm asleep. Across some of the screens, toy ads from my childhood have started playing. The ghost watches them with a faraway smile. Nostalgia is a powerful drug. We leave the ghost of Christmas past in their binge-watching revelry. And what about this one here? The phantom with my face points me to the ghost of Christmas present. His massive hands gleefully rip the paper off decorative gift boxes that we have dotting the store. One after another, he looks down in disappointment at the empty boxes, tosses them aside, and seeks out more. A package of little frosted gingerbread men lays on the floor by him, the apparition absently munching on them. This, right here, is what you think of the holidays. I mean, I'm not wrong. No, you're not. He looks at me with my own eyes. And that's the truly sad part. 
how so? Think about it. All the advertising, all the pressure, all the false promises of dreams and magic come to life one night a year. It's a racket. Corporate holidays, my spooky friend. For you. And for him now, too. But it wasn't always that way. That giant right there, he used to be your favorite, Dale. For a moment, I remember being a kid reading the same story. An old man consumed with greed is visited by three ghosts that set things right in a single evening. What's well, not to like? It had ghosts, Christmas, had everything. It had been my favorite holiday story once. And yes, the generous giant of Christmas present, with his velvet robe and 24-hour lifespan, had, in fact, been my favorite. Now what is he? Another depiction of some shopper in your store hungry for stuff? Where are the twins? You remember them? Ignorance and want? I, I think you can find them on the internet. Everything freezes at that moment. I'm looking at my mirror, wondering what's about to happen. Then, without warning, the ghost of Christmas yet to come laughs out loud. The kind of laugh you get when being tickled right before you wet your pants. <laughs> That's good. You, you are a funny guy. Thank you. Dale, doesn't it worry you that this is how you see the holidays? Why should it? I mean, yeah, I want the season to be better on some level. But over the years, how many ads can you see? How often can your dreams be dashed? How much political hyperbole can you hear about this season without just wanting to pass it to pass like any other Tuesday? I mean, what else is it about now besides filling someone's bank account so you can prove how much you care about the latest consumer goods? Lights. Excuse me? It's about lights. My ghostly double invites me to follow him as he continues to walk. You know, in so many places... Over so many ages, people have celebrations at this time. And what they all have in common? Gifts. Lights, Dale. For so many people, this time of year has the longest, coldest nights. It's easy to forget the sun is even going to rise. Everything's obscured at night, covered in shadows, so some people got together. Maybe the first humans, who knows? And they lit some lights. I mean, some did it because they were celebrating the birth of a savior or a deity. Others did it because of the harvest or an excuse to drink. Some did it because, well, because they needed something to keep them warm and safe during the night. Before I know it, we're at the front door. Outside, the small group of homeless people have huddled up under the Cartwell lights. Each of them bundled up against a cold night as best they can. Some of them are talking. Some of them are laughing. A couple are even sleeping propped up against the wall. What is it you call them, Dale? The ghost of Christmas yet to come looks out on the group. The, uh, the gems or something, right? The Joes. We all call them the Joes. Oh yeah, yeah, the Joes. Why do you call them that? Well, I mean, none of us know their names. So you just call them all Joe, hence the Joes. As the words leave my mouth, I feel a bit ashamed. The ghost says nothing, just continues to look out the window at them. It's as though there's something about these people, largely forgotten or seen as a nuisance by the rest of us. Something that makes them some miraculous creatures in the eyes of the spirit. Looking out at them, trying to see whatever the spirit sees, it happens. For the first time ever, I stop and actually look 
at the Joe's. Not as some obstacle or nuisance on my way to a job. Not as a cautionary tale about how life can turn against you. No, I actually see them as individual humans. Smiling, laughing, crying, snoring humans. Huddled up under a cartwell light because it is what they have. Maybe you've just taken the lights for granted too long, Dale. He smooths his robes again, pulling the hood back up but leaving his face visible. Maybe the holidays get to be a time to scorn and laugh because, I mean, you've forgotten how dark the night can be for others. A once more skeletal hand pats me on the back. It is oddly warm and comforting. But hey, I mean, you celebrate the season how you want. Be upset, be cynical, be a light. It's your choice, really. I'm just your internal image of mortality. What do I know? With a quick motion, he claps his hands. And the two other specters appear. We need to get going. We weren't supposed to be here in the first place. Sorry about that. Thanks for the talk. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Yeah? Why do you have my face? Really? Our fear of death always has our face, Dale. Why? Because we aren't afraid of any particular thing. We're just afraid we'll fade and be gone in a blink, just like we came into this world. Happy holidays, Dale. Yeah, happy. And with that, the specters vanish. All three of them go at the speed of thought. The lights return to their 15-minute cycles. All of the flat screens fall silent. Overhead speakers quiet their music. Every aisle and cross-aisle sparkles in the cavernous building. Not a single thing is out of place. Not a single bit of work remains. Everything is as it needs to be at the end of my shift. Everything save one small detail. The snack bar kitchen is still open. Fires are still hot. Lights are still on. On the counter stand piles of corn dogs, french fries, and other assorted snacks. Drinks line up in perfect rows. On the table, about a dozen place settings in rich reds and greens wait dutifully to serve guests. And there, on the counter, is a single scroll. A simple thing, right out of a Dickens novel. I unroll it, revealing fancy lettering and a simple message. Dale, why not be a light? Affectionately yours, an anthropomorphic representation of mortality at the holidays. P.S. And may God bless us, everyone. Had to do it. Apparently, the spirits could do it all in one night. Or in a few hours, if you're being really particular. I roll the scroll back up and stick it in my pocket. After washing my hands, I go to work frying, heating, and plating the snack bar holiday feast. Everything now prepared, I walk the trays to the table and go to the front door with my key. Pushing open the sliding door, the group in the cart well quickly jumps up and gathers their things to run. I'm not surprised. It was the last time something good was offered to them. Wait, wait, no, no. You don't need to go. I've... I've got food. They pause for a moment, looking me over skeptically. Come in, seriously, come in. Let's let's eat before it gets cold. After a few tense moments, 
the people I have so often looked past begin walking in. They walk in from the cold, offering thanks and hands for me to shake. A couple of them give me hugs and say bless you as they come into the well-lit store. I ask them their names. Max, Ethan, Joey, Lisa, Mary, Janet, Tyla, Rhonda, John, Roosevelt, Gonzo, and Church. Make their way to the tables. The last of the group gives me a big hug and thanks me. He speaks with a slight tremor in his voice, sad joy he can't hide. When I ask him his name, he looks at me with deep brown eyes and says, Joe. My name's Joe. Happy holidays, Joe. An unstoppable smile crosses my face. Joe smiles back, takes my hand, and shakes it. His eyes wander to the name tag on my coveralls. Happy holidays, Dale. He claps a hand on my back, and we walk to the snack bar with the others. I put on some quiet holiday music. Rhonda takes a moment to say a prayer for the food. They all take a moment to thank me. It's the most humbling experience of my life. We spend the remaining hours until sunrise on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, eating, laughing, and celebrating lights. You might be wondering what happened to me once this was all over. What was my ultimate fate? Did I lose my job? Did I give up everything and hold this holiday season in my heart for all of my days? Did I ever see the ghosts again? Well, no. I didn't lose my job. The store was pristine when the managers came back the day after Christmas. Nothing was missing, and the only security footage was of me cleaning. Literally, nothing was missing. And I never saw the ghosts again. It's how magical things work. Something amazing happens. Some little miracle finds its way into your life. A lot of people squander that magic, or they just ignore it. Figure it's the last morning remnants of some dream. Others try to make the magic happen again. They become so desperate for the thing that happened, they... Waste away trying to recapture it. And still others hold the memory close and learn from what they can. They remember the lights. It's, uh, it's easy just to turn them off and wait for the sun to rise. For the world to do its thing. Maybe we all just need to remember to shine a light in our own little part of the world. For anyone who can see on the darkest nights. But who knows? Maybe you need a ghost to tell you. I did. The end. Happy holidays, everybody. From all of us at Confessions of a Working Writer, to all of you. Be the light. Mm -hmm.